Welcome to the Ashley Webster Experience podcast alongside Brian Solomon. Today, it's us in the studio. We're talking about capitalism versus socialism. It's a big issue. It was the uh, featured theme, if you like, for a week's worth of reports on the Fox Business Network. And the reason being is it's a big issue for this country right now. There are those people out there who believe socialism is the way to go, especially the younger population, those that believe they should have free health care, free education, and so on and so so on. And I think it's going to be a big issue, Brian, in the uh, 2020 presidential race, because so many of the Democrat uh, candidates, and there are so many now, but many seem to prefer the socialistic approach. Yeah, I think that you're seeing this wave of Democrats. About a year ago, we were saying, oh, my gosh, it's Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders. But now it's more and more candidates embracing socialist ideas. And I think that President Trump is very warm to that. He wants that because he's best when he has something to fight against. And so he's going to pit himself, Donald Trump, the American dream, uh, great economy, booming economy versus socialism. And I think that actually might be good for him in the 2020 election. I think so. And, I, I, you know, what is socialism? Is it something different to, to, to different people? I mean, socialism at its very core is centralized government, um, income equality, not inequality, equality. In other words, we all are in this together. We all grow together. But the problem with that is, is that there is no motivation in that scenario. And, and, and you know, I know Stuart Varney talks about this a lot on Varney and Company, but he and I both lived in the uh, UK in the 1970s. And it's remarkable when I look back at how much, how many aspects of industry in the United Kingdom were government owned, state owned, state run, the trains, the coal industry, the power industry, uh, everything, everything you can imagine, the cars were built by the government. It was just truly a socialistic society. And the problem was there was no incentive. There's no entrepreneurial spirit. There's no great economic growth. You just exist. No motivation, I think, was the biggest problem. And then you had the strikers, uh, you know, the strikes that that, that, uh, each of the individual workers in the different industries were always on strike. The trains were on strike. The garbage collectors were on strike. You name it. It was a fact of life in the 1970s in England. And it was really a wake-up call for me, of course, eventually Margaret Thatcher came in, she broke up all the unions, and she, uh, you know, all these nationalized industries were put into the private sector, and things got better. And that, to me, having lived through that, I can speak with, you know, some authority, or at least with the experience of living through that, and tell you, I know what I want, and I know what I would prefer as an individual and as a, as a country as a whole. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what has made America so uh, favorable? to immigrants, Mm. right? People want to come here so they can work hard and achieve a better life. If America becomes a socialist country, why would you want to come to America? Because then you can't better yourself. You can only better yourself to what level the government allows you to. Correct. And so what everyone, all these Democrats keep pitching the idea that America is not great. Donald Trump's not making great America great again, and a lot of them are saying it never was great. But if it was never great, then why was the capitalistic, in you know, mindset that this country has, you know, has embraced. was built on, yeah. yeah, embraced? Why is that so? attractive to so many millions of people that come because from they like countries. to take a political view that appeals to the most votes and they believe the younger population as i said at the beginning 
free everything goes goes a long way. It's a great platform, mm-hmm. you know. If I can get to school, go to school for nothing. If I can health healthcare for everyone, Medicare for everyone. Let's throw away all those student loans. I mean, there's so many things that you can mm-hmm. say that are very appealing. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. I mean, I get yeah. that. The question then becomes, well, how do you pay for it? Yeah. And, and you, it's always on the backs of the rich. Yep. I mean, In a country this size, right. you can't do it. You can't. You absolutely can't. And this is a society. This is a an economy where, having lived in the UK, you kind of reach your your place in society, you're not expected to go above it. That's this is your pigeonhole, if you like, mm-hmm. um, and it's a very class oriented uh, society in the UK. So you wouldn't get a garbage collector living next door to a lawyer, whereas in America you could, mm-hmm. and no one would care less. It's all about the individual, the individual's drive uh, and passion. And if you make money, you create jobs, you create wealth, you invest the wealth. Everybody. Mm-hmm. is uh, a benefit of that. Now, those on the other side would say, no, the, the rich get rich. They keep it all to themselves. It doesn't benefit anyone but them. They have all the tax lo- uh, loopholes that uh, they they use. And meanwhile, the poor get even poorer. Mm-hmm. But that's not strictly true. It really isn't. If, you wanna, if you've seen a bread line in Russia, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, okay, let the government handle everything. But believe me, and it's the, it's the old joke. Have you been to the DMV recently? Mm-hmm. Um Government getting involved in anything is never good. You get slowed down with red tape. It's very inefficient. Mm -hmm. There's no incentive to do anything else but just exist and just be. Whereas under a more dynamic economy that capitalism supports, there's this tremendous drive. If you really want to put in the effort, it takes work. And not everybody has to have a college degree. If you have a passion, Mm -hmm. get out there. Learn a trade. Become an electrician start your own company, whatever it is. But there, there is the things in place in this country that allows that to happen, mm-hmm. allows you to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very intoxicating. Look at the great companies in the world today, even in technology, the Apples, the Googles, the Facebooks. Where do they come from? They come from America. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why. There's a reason for that because there's the opportunity here the money, the venture capital, all of that is all part mm-hmm. of this amazing economy that creates these fantastic companies mm-hmm. that dominate around the world. You know, there's that old saying that people always say, it couldn't have happened anywhere but here. Mm. It, all the success that America has had in a very short period of time could not have occurred if it wasn't in America. You know, you think about the how fast the United States has become a world power, faster than any other world empire in world history, I would say. Oh, it's in a very short amount of time. But that's because of innovation. People came here because they said, I want to do something mm. in this. And everyone, when you come with a collective idea saying, I want to better myself, mm. that's when everyone wants to work hard. And by going socialist, you lose that enticement to better yourself, to innovate, to create. Um and to sp- in, in capitalism, I think the big misunderstanding is that people say capitalism as if it's a selfish word. But just because you're a capitalist doesn't mean you can't share the wealth. Capitalists hire people. They pay people. That's they right. support other people's ideas. Correct. They create the wealth and yep. the investments that create jobs and bring the overall economy up. You know, it's it's okay to be in a capitalistic society, and you can try and fail. And some mm-hmm. of the greatest, most successful business people in this country that's ever been produced – failed many times they had an idea they start a business it fell down it Mm -hmm. didn't work so they go again and try something else but that's the beauty of the system if Mm -hmm. you've got the drive and you've got the passion and you've got the idea and it's a good idea eventually it can become 
a big success. Mm -hmm. And it's not always measured by money. Of course, that's a big part of it. But it's just you are able to, it gives you freedoms, mm -hmm. allows you to grow personally, economic freedoms, and so on. You know, Bernie Sanders and others like him, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they, they like to say it's not the socialism of Venezuela, it's the socialism of the Scandinavian countries that we really want. I spoke, I called the um, Prime Minister's office in Denmark, and great, great people. He was there, got through, and they wanted to talk to us. Uh, they're very upset that they get kept pointed at by these uh, Democrat uh, uh, candidates in the United States to say, there's the example of socialism that we love. They said to me, his office, and, and the Prime Minister said, we're not a socialist company, uh, country by any means. It's capitalism that's created the wealth that allows us to have a very generous social program. They have very low regulation on corporations in Denmark. They want companies to grow. They want them to, to be successful, both on that level and the individual level. And that creates the money that generates. Now, they pay high taxes. There's no doubt. 55,000 on, you know, 55% on any salary above 80,000. But they're happy to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a country that says, okay, um, we are a capitalist country because we earn money, we're free to do whatever we want, but we're quite happy for our money to pay for very big, generous social programs. Mm -hmm. And so that's a decision that Denmark makes. Now, it's also a country that's, what, 5 million people? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's more people in Manhattan than there are in the entire country of Denmark. So by scale, that that particular model may not work in the United States. It probably wouldn't. But, yeah. by, but my point is, is that Denmark's not, socialist. Mm -hmm. Norway is not socialist. They're all rich thanks mm -hmm. to you know oil and gas in the North Sea. Sweden, same thing. They just choose to spend a lot mm -hmm. of their money on social programs, but they're not like yeah. a Venezuela. And, and that's the thing, too. Uh, I think when a lot of the those millionaires are saying raise the taxes for the for the upper 1%, the whole premise, uh, Stuart Varney said this a bunch of times on the show, if you want to pay more in taxes, pay more. That's your decision. And that's what they and that's what you're saying. They make that decision. We won't want to pay more. But right. we also wanna we also make enough where we can say that. Exactly. Don't tell me how much I have to make. Right. I have to give you. But their economic model in Scandinavia mm -hmm. is of capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's not socialism at all. They just make a decision to spend their money differently. Mm -hmm. Um but I think it's going to be a huge issue, no doubt, in this um yeah. in this twenty twenty race. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I don't think is going to one of the reasons why I don't think it's going to work in this race is because if you look at the messages that President Trump used in 2016 he said I'm going to build a wall I'm going to get a new Trans-Pacific uh deal I'm mm -hmm. going to rip up NAFTA and make a new deal I'm going to do all these specific things I'm going to get a new deal with China I'm going to be hard on North Korea very very specific things intangible things a lot of it which is he's done the other ones that he's still in the process mm -hmm. This one, right now, these the Democrats are saying we're going to socialize medicine. We're going to have Medicare for all. It's mm. a big idea. That's an idea, not a physical thing that you can really accomplish. Medicare for all. Okay, I'm going to take away student debt. That's nice, mm. but it's just an idea. That's right. not tangible. An infrastructure bill is tangible. Yes, that these are big lofty ideas. That you have to pitch, and it's a typical politician, po politician's message during an election. I'm going to do this and that, all these big things, and that's what made President Trump so appealing because he's saying, "Listen, there's this deal with Mexico and Canada that it's no good. Hmm. We got to renegotiate. Right. That is something physical, and he did. 
Well, and it's interesting because he's all about saving this country money and mm-hmm. not overpaying, getting the, the the short end of the stick every time when it comes to trade agreements. And he's absolutely right. Going to, to Europe and telling NATO, pay up your fair share, Germany, France. It's not right. We're paying too much money into this. You need to pay your share. He was absolutely, absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, Brian, on, on, the, on the issues, yes, you can say anything to get votes. But I think it all falls down when you say, well, how are you going to pay for that? Yeah. How many trillion of dollars is that going to cost? And where are you going to get the money from? Mm-hmm. If they continue to say, well, those who earn a lot of money need to be paying more, well, eventually that's not going to work yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, the, and those messages President Trump was saying was that, you know, we're going to save money. We're going to make more money. We're going to get this deal to help us. These are saying we're going to help other people by making us you spend more money. Yeah. How is that a good message that people want? I know. It, it's it's interesting. And I, I do think that the booming economy, if it stays this way, will be mm-hmm. very strong for the uh, for the uh, incumbent yeah. president. Because let's face it, it's hard to argue against yeah. the, the unemployment numbers, uh, production. We can get housing going again a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It will just feed into that. And this is all with this trade war going on with China. Yeah. Um, if we didn't have that going on, if we can get a deal and it's an equitable deal, then... You know, we could be off to the races. Just imagine if we were doing all this China trade stuff, mm. I don't know, five years ago. The economy, the markets would be down thousands of points, hundreds, thousands of points. Yeah. Right now, it's not that far down since before it all started. And that just shows you how strong the economy is. It is. You know, so, I mean, that's just that's just an example of why this great capital s- system that President Trump is really bolstering is working. You know, you're, you're going through one of the most uh, one of the biggest trade deals in American history and possibly world history, and the markets react, but not nearly as much as it ever would have. I think the markets believe it's going to get done one way mm-hmm. or another. Um, whether it's only to save face, the, the, the devil will be in the details on this. But if mm-hmm. if the U.S. can get a lot of what it wants, it would be a great deal. Mm-hmm. And if we can put it aside. China can walk away having saved face. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the U- what they care about. That's the most. all they care about. Um, but they haven't been, haven't had their feet held to the fire like no. this ever before. Chinese, no. the Chinese famously play the long game, and there's this suggestion: well, they're just going to wait until, you know, the president loses the next election, and even if he doesn't, they'll wait another mm-hmm. four years, and then and then they believe they'll go back to a leader who's done it like it's been done before. In other words, China mm-hmm. believes it can get away with it. I'm not so sure that's the case. I'm no. really not, because let's face it: our, the, the U.S. economy is stronger than China's economy right now. Um, and we have the upper hand. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. So the Chinese want it to get done. Mm-hmm. The problem for the president, uh, the uh, Chinese uh, president Xi, is that he has some very hard, hardline um, yeah. officials back in Beijing. Yeah. He has to persuade in order to get a lot mm-hmm. of these points agreed on in the trade. Uh, I, I I feel like he would be more if it was just him that we had to worry about. The deal might have been done by now. Maybe, but I don't think of the way it was written is going to go down well with those hard yeah, no. hard liners in Beijing mm-hmm. who say, what are you doing? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? Iowa, New Hampshire, people over there, do you think that, probably more Iowa than New Hampshire, but do you really think the voters over there or the other early states, South Carolina, right? Mm. Do you think those Americans down there are looking at, all right, China, that's, mm. a, that's, a, real, you know, that's a real enemy when it comes, I'm just saying, Enemy, I'm saying enemy in trade. Yes. That's something that we have to go up against. And that's something that we can win. That's something that can actually affect my money, especially yeah. farmers. Or socialist med- socialized medicine mm. or school loans. 
if the the socialism does not sound so appealing to the farmer in Iowa than winning a trade war with my soybeans with China. True. That's true. I mean, there's no doubt the farmers in this country are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it appears, not all, but but many believe the short-term pain they'll they'll survive as well as they can sure, yeah. in the in the in the long run to get a better deal and access mm-hmm. more access to the chinese market china can't exist without the us and vice versa when it comes to the economies mm-hmm. of the world's two biggest markets they have to get along they have to find a way to get access to both markets the problem is that china has not been playing fair since it joined the wto all the way back in 2001 and made a pledge then that they were going to open up the chinese market mm-hmm. they haven't you know, they manipulate the currency, they steal intellectual property, they have forced transfers of technology if you want to do business in China. There are all of these issues which really cannot fly in this day and age. They shouldn't have been allowed back in the day. But uh, China is being held to account. And although tariffs I don't think are great for anyone, it is a method that the president wants to use to really make his point. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's going to blink, I think China will blink first. Yeah, And I think that's what middle America cares about the most. I honestly do. They want to win this trade war. They see their opponent. They see the money. And this is loftily, you know, socialized, these political ideologies, these changes. I just don't Mm. think that's going to resonate when – when the elections come around. No, I don't, I don't think so. But it's interesting because the latest polls have Joe Biden ahead of mm-hmm. uh, President Trump. This is early days and yeah. who believes polls anyway. But but yeah. it just shows it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, I look forward to it yeah. all. I love the competition. I'm fascinated to watch how the Democrats are going to mm-hmm. figure out all of those candidates, who comes through. And then, of course, the main event, yeah. whoever takes on uh, uh, Donald Trump, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. And do if Biden wins the nomination, do they pull him further left to socialism or do you think he tries to stay more middle of the I think part of his popularity in the polls is he is more of a moderate mm-hmm. I think he's a moderate who will just kind of pay lip service a bit to the more hard left uh, line uh, you know the the, the, the more mm-hmm. uh, left leaning of his party I just don't think that's very sellable around the country mm-hmm. I don't understand what his message is right now it's something about the workers and saving yeah. the middle class I don't think any of that resonates, mm. given what we've seen with the economy in the last couple yeah. of years. So, if he makes it through, I'm not so sure. He's 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 you know he's yeah. definitely up in age, mm-hmm. um, and it's absolutely relentless just to get through the primary. And then mm-hmm. you're up against Donald Trump, who's yeah. who's very good at this, even though he's not a politician, yeah. and he's also tireless, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be interesting <laughs> to see whether Joe Biden can keep up. Yeah, and I, this is perfect timing for Joe Biden because. There's more and more socialist candidates getting in, right? Mm. De Blasio, although he's not he's not billed as a socialist, everything he's done in New York City is definitely not middle of the road. No. Definitely not right, and it's definitely not normal left. He's very far left. And even just the little things of him saying he wants to tear down the statue of Christopher Columbus and yeah, the he's... famous Columbus Circle. It's these weird ideologies. No, just he's... so far left. I truly believe he's not going anywhere. No, he's I don't think so He's not going to appeal either. to anyone. It's a purely a, 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 
uh, a personal move mm-hmm. on his part to maybe get a cabinet position if yeah. Democrats get back in the White House or whenever they do, mm-hmm. uh, write a book, go on the speaking circuit. I don't think he likes being mayor of New York. I, I really either. don't. Very he's hated. not in his office very often. Was it 10 days a month? Yeah, if um, that much. If that much. He's done very little. Um, he's out protesting in Germany. Remember that? Yep, I remember it well. So well, bottom line for him, he's just doing this and I um, think, for, for work down the line. I think that's an example of just showing that there's so many of these socialists that are getting the race because it's the only opportunity they probably ever had or these far left people that they mm-hmm. ever had in a real presidential candidate uh, race that they're all just throwing their hats in, but they're all going to drown each other out. They are. People are not going to know the difference between Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? Bernie Sanders does have the name recognition. But, yeah. I mean, if you go on the street, maybe Manhattan's a little different because there's a lot of far left people. But if you go on the street in... Middle yeah, America, right. they're not going to know the difference between Bernie Sanders' message and Andrew Yang's. No, they're not, and and it's it will all sort itself out. It's it's gotten almost silly now with what 23, 24 candidates, twenty three, twenty four candidates, and who knows more to come. But uh, that will sort itself out. But mm-hmm. I think the overarching issue to bring us back to where we began <laughs> is it may be capitalism versus socialism, mm-hmm. depending on which candidate comes through. And I yeah. think. I think the GOP will welcome that. Well, with, uh, in the past, we've discussed, you know, what has made President Trump so appealing, right? And I think pretty much everyone agrees that people that were overlooked, these blue-collar conservatives mm. in America, the overlooked, the flyover states, the hard, the coal miners, they love to see a rich person fighting for them. It's and, ironic, isn't it? you got yeah. a millionaire slash billionaire fighting for the common man. Yeah. I think what his appeal – I mean, I – I can be honest. Anytime he's on television, he's doing one of these walk by the media. Mm-hmm. If he's getting on a helicopter, Marine One to go somewhere, and he talks with people, it's just fascinating to watch him. Yeah. He, he answers questions quickly. If he doesn't like the question, he'll be the first to tell you. He shoots <laughs> from the hip. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's not presidential, blah, 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 blah. But I will say, personally, I find it very refreshing that someone is not afraid mm-hmm. to speak his mind. There's, mm-hmm. not, there's no real filter there at no. all. He, you you know like to hear what someone's thinking, right? And he often says what many people think, but yes. are too afraid to say. Yes. And I it, think yeah. that's the appeal. It's nice to see that he's not afraid. And I, I just feel like, you know, that that appeal of seeing this rich guy go uh, that's representing the common man in America on the world stage is so appealing. And seeing dem- these Democrat candidates, who most of them are very wealthy in their own right. So they are also oh, yeah, capitalist yeah, yeah. Yes. success stories. Yes. But seeing them being apologetic for their wealth, for their money, for America's success. Oh, yeah, you have success. to apologize for success these days. And President Trump saying, no, I worked for my money, and we should all work for money. Yeah. That's, and I think that's disrespectful to America's ideology. It you is. Know? And, and yesterday, I'm sure, you saw, uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw Herman Cain over the last few days you know, on all the shows, yes. especially on the town hall with Charles Payne. Um, for the social versus capitalism, and he's saying, "I was grew up dirt poor yeah. in rural in rural Georgia, mm-hmm. and I'm a and now I'm a successful man because of American capitalism." Right. So what I'm saying is that this push for socialism is just so disrespectful to pieces to, to people like Herman Cain, to people like you, to people like Stuart Varney. You guys came from socialist countries and made something we of did. yourself. Yes. He came from poor rural South. Uh, rural Look, Georgia, that's disrespectful to the American 
to American history when you right. say, no, this is not right. good anymore. And don't give me excuses. Life is what you make of it. Yeah. And you can always say, oh, I didn't get this, I didn't mm-hmm. get that. But America is one of the few countries, if, if not the only country in the world, where you can work hard, mm-hmm. have a vision, don't give up, accept failure as a learning experience mm-hmm. until you get to a point where you can be a Herman yeah. Cain or, or a Charles Payne. So, mm-hmm. a, a tremendous, a yeah, you're right. fantastic Payne, stories yeah. where yeah. it is possible. Never apologize for mm-hmm. that. And why should you be vilified yeah. for being successful yeah. and making money and yep. having a social standing? So what? <laughs> yeah. Well done you. I, I've never in my life until these last couple of years have heard people saying you should apologize for your own hard work. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, well, it's and just, you should share it too. You should take some of that money that you've done all of that for because it's your responsibility and that's your choice. As you said earlier, if someone wants to write a check to the government or whoever you want, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But it's share. not it's not mm-hmm. your job to do all the hard work and mm-hmm. then share that with everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's not right. If someone's not going to make the effort or just doesn't try, who wants a handout, I don't have sympathy. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates made all that money. And then he donated a lot of it. And no no one ever told him he had to. He wanted to. That's great. But if you're going to say, Bill Gates, you should be ashamed that you created one of the most successful companies in history and made a ton of money. Right. You should give that away. That's, you know what I'm saying? Think of that message. Right. You know? And if you're raising your kids, listen, kids, I don't want you to work hard. I don't want you to go to school, work hard in school, get a job, work hard. I want you to go to class, do the bare minimum, and get on the socialized program so you could just live a good life. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean yeah, are I we know, really going to tell know. children that? It's true. You know? uh, no, you're not going to tell them yeah. that. And, and, and that's the, you know, socialism just has a lack of motivation mm-hmm. about it. And I hate that. Government running anything, I don't like. They mm-hmm. need to get their fingers out and unleash the economy. Mm-hmm. No taxes. Get rid of that regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd be amazed what can yeah. happen. What's that old saying? Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? Yes. The One of the most famous American phrases, and now we're saying, no, no, thank you. No, no. no. In fact, could you share out those bootstraps (laughs) to a bunch of people who need bootstraps? You know, listen, we all need social programs. We need to help those that Mm -hmm. can't help themselves. I totally agree with that. But there comes a point Mm -hmm. where you don't want to create a whole generation of people who are just dependent on handouts. That's not right. There are people that need help, and they should get it. It's a responsibility Mm -hmm. to help them. But then there's a whole nother, as I say, layer, generation, whatever you want to call it, who don't want to make the effort, who could if they wanted to, but mm-hmm. don't. And also, America is the most charitable country in the world. Oh, by far. It's incredible at the generosity of this country. So it's funny that this is the conversation that's ha- that's occurring in the most charitable country in the world. Well, of course. I mean, you know, look at these countries that burn the American flag across the world that get tremendous amounts of money mm-hmm. and aid and support, mm-hmm. even though they want to burn the American flag. It makes me so mad, to be honest with yeah. you. It makes me mad, too, that we spend so much money around the world in far-fung places, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, wherever we build roads, hospitals, schools. Mm-hmm. Have you been to New Orleans recently? Mm-hmm. I've had yeah. this conversation before. There are still areas that have not been rebuilt since Katrina. Yeah. I wish we would rebuild this mm-hmm. country first, you know, and then mm-hmm. whatever's left over, help someone else. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. But there are many places in this country, Appalachia, many yeah. areas, disadvantaged areas that could really use help. Yeah. And we spend billions of, of, of money right. around the world. 
often in countries that mm-hmm. like to burn the American flag. That's yeah. the thanks you get. You're talking about redistribution. They, they talk about redistribution of wealth. Right. Why don't we redistribute our spending? Right. Bring it back. You know what I'm saying? It's yes. A, we should. And there's a lot of talk for this bipartisan infrastructure bill. Mm-hmm. And we, like you were saying in, Katri- in, in New Orleans with Katrina. You even want to go to Rockaway with um, Hurricane yeah, with Sandy. Sandy. Everywhere you go in this country, to when I was in South Carolina watching a road literally wash away during a storm, mm. concrete dissolve in water everywhere needs it there's problems especially in the deep south yeah and if you want to talk about helping people spend money there create jobs build infrastructure exactly 100 right and that's not being selfish that's just being no. you know, look after yourselves first mm-hmm. and then whoever afterwards mm-hmm. but uh, that's taxpayer that's their money being spent exactly taxes, right so that makes me mad but anyway yeah. great conversation brian um and capitalism versus socialism i do think that socialism means different things to different people mm-hmm. Um, and the extreme far left is just, just not, it's just not never going to fly in the United States. And I think that's a problem for any candidate that runs on that. But a Joe Biden may want to dip his toe a little bit on the socialistic side, but be more mm-hmm. moderate. He may appeal to more people. Perhaps. And now, do you think this could be the first election where we see a, a major uh, communist candidate come out of the woodworks? No. I don't think so. I don't think we're ready for that. We're not ready for that. <laughs> sure, there'll be people who will spout the benefits, but there are so many cons, as we all know. So, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, we'll talk more about this. We'll have some more guests in, Brian, on this issue for sure. Uh, and I can't wait for this political season to really get going. I mean, I know a lot of people say, uh, politics, it turns me off. But when Donald Trump's involved, it is never boring. And I think even watching the fight on the other side, on the Democrat side, is fascinating. They don't quite know how to take him on. They don't know which candidate can do it. Um, I just think the political theater is going to be so fascinating. And uh, we get a front row seat. So great stuff. Brian Sullivan, as always, thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you back here next time.